I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. Level with us. Hello and welcome to episode two of our show, where we play the same portion of a video game along with our listeners and then meet back here to discuss. We're now on week two of Neo, The World Ends With You, so there is spoilers ahead from everything up until the end of week two for that game. So in order to uh, start talking about this game, we have to know what's happening. So Marcus, what's happening? Got some red hot news for ya. Things are really heating up in Shibuya. Uh, there's actually quite a bit that happens in this second week, so this is just a synopsis of some key details. But the Wicked Twisters start off their week by searching for the mysterious player Neku. They hope to add him to their ranks, but when they find him, they discover it's actually Beat, a different character from the first game. Uh, he joins them and brings with him determination, experience, rad skateboarding skills, and a dope new way to travel through Shibuya via groove power, we'll call it. It's pretty cool. Canon. Uh, approaches the Wicked Twisters about teaming up to take down the Ruinbringers, since the game keeps repeating in a vicious cycle. It comes to light that most of the Reapers officiating the game are from Shinjuku, a city district wiped from the map and from memory. Whatever their motives are, it's clear that they care little for fairness and even less for Shibuya as a whole. They also discover that Shoka has been demoted from Reaper to player for assisting them in the game. The Wicked Twisters invite her to join them. At the end of the week, the Twisters confront and defeat both Suzukichi and Tsugumi, only to discover that the Ruinbringer's third member and team captain is none other than Mr. Hot Stuff himself, Game Master Shiva. Defeated and discouraged, the Wicked Twisters prepare for their third and final week of the Reapers game. This time, they know the stakes. They're playing for the fate of all of Shibuya. Awesome. That was a lot that happened in week two, but I don't care. We're not going to talk about any of it right now. I just want to know, because I've been dying to ask you this. What was your reaction when Beat showed up? So I'm sure that this was an intentional red herring, but I was convinced that it was Rindo from the future because he has almost the same hair color. He's got the same black mask just on instead of on his chin. Uh, so I was convinced. So when I heard the first voice clip, I was like, is that? Is that? So I was kind of like, oh, dang. I was like pretty pumped because Beat's an awesome character. Just generally, I was pretty pumped. Dude, yeah, I thought that, that was kind of the most hype moment for me out of playing this entire game so far. Just like seeing him show up because you you mentioned last week, I think you're like dubious. I don't think that's Naku. That doesn't look like him. <laughs> I was the opposite when I was playing week one. I legit thought that was Neku, and I saw the trailer. They call him Neku in the trailer, so I was like, mm. "Oh, he must have like bleached his hair or something." Like I, I mm -hmm. thought it was him. The only thing that made me think that it might not be him was right before the reveal. Uh, Karia says, "Huh, yeah, that might be Neku." I'm like, "Oh wait, oh, oh yeah, it could be someone else." But I legit thought it was going to be Joshua. I thought it Joshua was going to mm. show up and be a player. And, but I actually also thought about Rendo's future. I thought that was a possibility as well. Neither, Beat did not cross my mind until the hood went back. So that was such a nice surprise. I thought that was pretty dang cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely got me, but in like a good way because, you know, he's totally on, on the table of like people that they can pull into this game. 
It took me a while to realize, I'm like, why do I feel like he looks so different? I was like, no beanie. There's no beanie on that man. And that's, <laughs> I think, why he looked different with, with his yeah. hair. Uh, I, and, hair down. you know, this game takes place three years after the events of the first game. And um, I thought his, uh, I think his character is pretty, it feels right. Like, it feels like he's more mature. He's kind of the experienced one in the group since Minamoto basically ditched them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, th- I feel like he's still, you know, still kind of a little bit of an airhead. Still rushes into things and just starts fighting without thinking. He's a kindred spirit with Fred. Oh yeah, sure. Fred's like, I like this guy, and like, he's Rind- like my man. <laughs> and Rindo- Rindo's like two idiot peas in a pod. <laughs> I forgot about that line, but yes, yeah, yeah, that made me really happy. I was really excited. I gotta say, also, um, Shoka joining the party to me was excellent as well. It felt like Vivian joining in Paper Mario because you mm. you see this character a lot. And then they join your their like that felt really cool, and uh, also I I mean I kind of thought it was going to happen though as soon as Beat joined because I was like oh wait Beat's playable oh sweet and then I looked at the front cover of the box art I'm like well yep. Shoka's uh-huh. on it maybe <laughs> she's gonna join us at some point. so that I thought that was really uh, that was pretty cool I was pretty happy about her joining and I I mentioned last week that she was one of my favorite characters so far so. That, that definitely made me happy that uh, she's playable too. Yeah, for sure. I think that there's a, a good spread amongst the, the five of them. Uh, kind of, Wait, five? Is that right? Yeah, we're, we're at up five to, now? I think we're at five. Yeah, I think that we've got a good diversity of like different personalities. And I, I kind of just really enjoy like the battles because you can hear them do little one-off. Uh, when you drop the beat, they have a, dial, a specific dialogue interaction between those two characters, right? Yeah, because like a lot of games have voice clips, but I enjoy how it's like one of them is like, nice job. And the other is like, I don't believe I was speaking to you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I could it's remember great. my favorites. But yeah, there's some there's some great little pieces of dialogue for sure. Um, also, I was actually surprised when Shoka joined. I thought like maybe, you know, Rindo and Fret, I feel like kind of fought a little bit this week. Like there was like a day where they were kind of mad at each other. So I was like, oh, is Fret gonna like leave the party at some point? Like, and then Shoka will join? Like in my head, I'm like, cause surely you can't have more than four people in your party. And then it was five and I don't, I feel like getting a party member feels really powerful. Like it's legitimately disheartening. Like they were really depressed when Minamoto left and they had to do the week again. And also I was depressed cause I only have three attacks again instead of four, right? Mm-hmm. So having five, getting up to five felt great cause it's another attack. And what I ended up doing was um, because I got the uh, network ability, skill tree ability for it. I doubled up the X button with Rindo yep, same. and yep, Shoka. Uh-huh. So I have Rindo, oh you did yep. the same thing, okay. So I like seeing them fight together, both slashing. Also, I ship them, so I think that uh, that fits very well. <laughs> uh, the fact that everyone is attacking simultaneously makes it, like you said, feel really satisfying to get another character. There are some games in RPGs where it's like, eh, another character, eh, like, I don't know, maybe I'll be able to use a different attack or something. But this one, it really makes you feel more powerful every new person that you have. I also felt like this uh, week was narratively was pretty strong. I actually kind of liked how a big chunk of it was focused on let's find Neku. That because of course that makes me really excited because I'm like, oh, I want to see Neku. But also it gave them a clear goal. It wasn't just okay, we're playing the Reapers game. It was like, no, we have to find Neku. We have to let him join our ranks. The Reapers are like, go find Neku and kill him. 
or go go find him so we can recruit him or you know whatever um so i kind of liked that arc throughout yeah I think that the narrative kind of came into sharper focus in this second third of the game. The first one, for, for better or worse, the way they kind of decided to do it was kind of have this incremental like, wait, we're supposed to be dead? Wait, I don't feel dead. Well, maybe we weren't, you know, like they're just learning step by step what the situation is here. I don't even really think you know who all the teams are until day like four or something. Sure, yeah. This one, it's kind of coming more into focus and kind of they have more of a trajectory you know sure yeah well we need to talk about uh motoy because that was another arc this week and uh what were were you telling me is is he one of your favorite characters or what 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 did you think of that arc i i just think it's funny i want to give him do we have an award on this show can i give him a gold star yeah sure sure let's let's play the fanfare All right, this is the part of the show where we hand an award to a character. So what what award would you like to bestow, Marcus? I would like to bestow best use of crowdfunding in a boss battle. That <laughs> absolutely cracked me up when he, like, the, it, he does it, like, a lot of times. Maybe I just beat him really slow. But the fact that you face him and he's like, I need some funds, <laughs> like, starts tapping on his keyboard. And then you see a little loading bar animation. Well, and, I, and you have to, like fight his minions because they're the ones who are making the crowdfunding go up right you have to like right. impede mm-hmm. the progress like, or something mm-hmm. yeah they're donating or advertising or something so sure Mo- motoy uh the the little memes he sends to rendo cracked me up i'm like what why does rendo like these words of wisdom so much they're like so vague they're overtly and- bad like some yeah. of them are good some of them are like yeah i, I can see that being like I, I don't know. Let's let's hope they're a pastiche. <laughs> let's hope no one on the writing team actually was like, ooh, snap for that. Yeah. I walked oh down the gosh. path. You, you can't, if you don't touch the ground, uh, you'll never walk. Right. It's like, I feel sad and I realize the tears are mine and I feel bad. I, I don't know. It's like, if you want to look around, turn your head up towards the sky. And make a sound. It just kind of the, that. The, that was better. That was better than most. That of was his, not honestly. good. No. Of course, the elephant in the room. He is revealed to be a fraud, an imposter. These bits of wisdom that are just so wise are not even his. You, you, he could have at least stolen better content. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like all the ones he was sending. I'm like, I could have made something better than that. You didn't have to steal all <laughs> these. But right, I I, I liked that that twist for him i thought that was interesting but i yeah i was mostly unimpressed with all the uh i was like why does rindo dig this guy like i get it neku really liked cat he liked the mantra of cat and cat they still reference cat in this game but um i was like what's so great about another like i don't (laughs) these words of wisdom don't seem like great guidelines for life they just seem like elementary poetry at best you know yeah i don't know i I agree. Uh, All right. Well, I think we should move on to star pieces. This week, my star piece is sound surfing, uh, which is introduced into the game as a mechanic once Beat joins the party. I think it's a great mechanic because not only is it kind of a quality of life improvement, right? You can get around faster, um, but it also rewards your groove meter. So, like, it feels good to do and you're rewarded for doing it. 
Um, and it's just fun, because the music, it's fun to tap along to it. And I think you can be offbeat and still kind of get your groove up, but I always do it to the beat for sure. And I noticed that the percussive track it adds to the music when you're doing it is different for every song. Mm-hmm. Like it's a different percussion track. It's not just the speed of the track is set up or slowed down. It actually changes and that's just cool. And it legitimately would disappoint me whenever I had to stop for a cutscene because it was just <laughs> so fun It feels fun to good. Do. Exactly. It feels good. And I, I love it when it's the record scratch sound that's happening when you do the little hop things. I think it's the best ability in the game so far. I, I don't know, just like, I like Shoka a lot, but like her ability is, hey, you can access a couple tiny areas you couldn't before, right? Or uh, or did you unlock that um, skill tree option where you can hop over rails, like hop over mm-hmm. railing? I was excited, I was like, oh sweet, so I can like parkour across the city if there's like- Not really. Tower records, there's like kind of a fence that bugs me a lot when I'm trying to get through. No, you can't over, it's only specific areas you can stop, press A, and get into those areas, and I hated that. I was like, oh man, yeah. but the sound surfing thing, I thought was great, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure, good pull, good, 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 good. It's a good, it's it's just a real good. That's what star pieces are. So what was yours? Um, I'm gonna do a shout out for the design, specifically, I don't know if you call it UI, but for dialogue, when the characters are speaking to each other. Um, it isn't always like fantastic or doing super interesting things, uh, but often it'll like, you know, the characters will be in different shaped boxes or on different sides of the screen, or it'll like take up the entire screen. So w- what I like about it is it's very stylistic. It makes it more interesting to read dialogue and it kind of makes dialogue feel like cutscenes, even if it's not a cutscene or not voiced. They occasionally will, you know, do little thought bubbles that show what they're thinking or, you know, like pictures of what they're thinking or little chibis of them. Like, right. And and some of those art or chibi drawings of them, that's like the only time that appears in the game, or at least in that week, that's the only time you see that art, which I think is awesome that they drew a picture just for that one moment, you know? Right. So it's kind of. What's cool about it is it, it's kind of in the minimalist style of the previous game where you're really just working with, what, three, four character design, you know, cutouts? Yeah, at, at most, it'll usually be like three characters on the screen at once or four. Right, but also like three poses for each of them. Ish, yeah. So this one is like in the style of that, except it's more varied, you know, like there's more extreme expressions. Anyway, it, it's, it's not like groundbreaking or anything but i really appreciate the effort put into to the stylistic dialogue yeah i'm glad you brought up the art because i was i was really impressed that sometimes they were like when they take a picture at the phone booth or (laughs) you know or when fret says the name of the wicked twisters it's just the one piece of art and that's the only time you see it i'm glad that they made stuff like that It's, it's just cool and we actually have a listener star piece for this week uh which is really cool so i'd like to give a shout out to shout out hd that's that's their name they commented on the youtube version of our show and uh, they said great podcast glad i found y'all through the m&m cart video uh thank you very much shout out hd i'm very proud of that video i made shout out to m&m cart racing the the most beautiful of games shout out to, to the game that changed my life yeah i'll also shout out to the masterpiece that is m&m's cart racing uh flew straight from the discount bin into my heart <laughs> Uh, back to the comment. 
A detail of Neo I loved was the network map. Although I'm sure some connections are random, I can't help but make that sweet headcanon. Regarding the tedious time travel, well, hope you got time on your hands. Well, thank you, shout out HD, <laughs> for that comment. And uh, yeah, uh, I really like the connection map. Um, sometimes I would help a person and then I would go to the network map not only to see what ability I unlocked, but also because I wanted to read the blurb about them. Mm. Like there's this one kid who's like a math genius. I don't know if you helped him out. Yeah, um, that was in the first week, yeah. Yeah, he uh, and it, it just kind of compared him to Minimamoto a bit and it talked about his goals and aspirations. And I was like, this is cool. Like this is cool little background lore. And I ended up find, doing that for some of the characters we're introduced to because I wanted to learn a little bit about them. So story-wise, it's pretty cool. And then progression-wise, it feels great. I loved unlocking a new Uber pin. I'm trying to remember like the big deal ones. You unlock difficulty modes that way. Auto choosing your threads. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that's one you can unlock. Yeah. So the, that, yeah, I, uh, I agree. I think the uh, network map was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tag along and say, I think the social network is a very smart, what shall we call it, gimmick for the skill tree. It's a good way of framing it, for sure. Exactly, yeah, and it, it's not like an idea I had thought before, but given the context of this, you know, it tries to be very uh, modern and kind of have this social media bend to it. I think that it is just a really cool idea to make a social network the uh, skill tree. So, yeah, good good star piece. Yeah, Shout thank out. you very much. And uh, anyone else listening, if you would like your comment read next week, you can email us at levelwithuspodcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on the YouTube version of our show. And uh, for those of you who are listening to this on YouTube, we are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just about everywhere else you can listen to podcasts, if that's your preferred method of listening. So, well, for every star piece, there is also a quick jab. Jab, 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 one, two, and jab. Yeah. Quick jabs is the part of the show where we talk about something that kind of annoyed us. Uh, it's our opportunity to vent a little bit, but it, but not for very long. That's why they're quick jabs. So uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, th this is kind of on the, the coattails of last week talking about time travel being tedious and taking a long time. But there is a day where you time travel and you read the same dialogue five times. It's a day with Motoy. Um, but you keep on getting there like not quite soon enough. So you like read the conversation, but then like two sentences before and the same conversation. And I'll, like the first time I was there, I was like, all right, we're probably going to have to come back here again. <laughs> like I already felt it coming and I, I was, I was kind of done on time number two. So the fact it was like five times. It, it did like, feel Ugh. bad enough that like, oh no, we weren't fast enough to save Neku, quote unquote Neku. We have to go back in time. But for Motoy, I actually started getting frustrated at Rindo because he would just pause and wait and like listen to their conversation and be like, oh no, we have to go yeah, back. I was like, bros, you have so much time. <laughs> and the time travel is also a little, one of the other reasons it's a little silly is because it makes you feel like you're at the end of the chapter and the end of the day, you know, with the promise of like cool lore and twists in the next chapter. But it's like, actually, you're only 25% done with this chapter. Let's bring it on back. So that's my quick jab. Just a little bit sluggish pacing. Okay. Uh, my quick jab, uh, maybe a controversial one with some people. I don't know. Maybe. But um, <gasps> I think they use the S word too much in this game. 
I don't know. Like, the original game, it had, like, some occasional kind of swear words, like, pseudo-swear words, but they used them very rarely, and I feel like, in that case, they were there to kind of add some punk, <laughs> edgy energy, quote-unquote, um, to it. But the, the dialogue in this game is so well-written already, I just felt like the language is kind of unnecessary. And I know, like, other T-rated games use the S-word all the time. It's more common than it was ten years ago, I would say. Um, and it makes sense that most of them come from Beat, but I feel like as soon as Beat joined the party, it felt like everyone started using them way more, just like casually. Like up in week one, I swear there was only I'm well, I don't swear, but whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but in week one, I feel like there was only one or two S words, and in this one, I'm hearing it like all the time. And uh, I don't know, I'm just a little appalled that they use it that much. And if you don't mind it, that's totally fine. I totally understand, but for me, like, it, it just detracted from it a little bit. I feel like when writing is this good already, it, it's unnecessary to add that word a bunch. I don't know. How do you feel on this, Marcus? Am I crazy? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not going to, like, invalidate your opinion. Like, that's totally valid. I, I do think that... I, I don't know. I don't think you're, like, misremembering the first game, but I do think that there isn't a major difference between the two. Um, I think it's fairly consistent with the amount. Well, there's no S words in the language. first game at all. There's zero. Un, un, untrue. True. There's zero S words. Oh. Beat says the B word once, and then like they say the A word and the D word a few times, which are pretty considered pretty minor swear words, you know. If anyone was curious, this is clearly a family podcast because we have yet to actually say the words we're talking about, which are stupid and dumb. That's right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know, it just distracted me. It just bugged me a bit. But you know what? That's why this is a quick jab, right? It's nothing major. It's just something that bugged me. It's not going to bug most people, but it bugged me. So, quick jab. Nice. Well, now that we're through with that, like a bolt from the blue, it's time for a Reaper review. Marcus, you still have the uh, bragging rights. I sure do. Of winning last episode. And I've been milking them all week, brother. He's been texting me nonstop every day. This is very I'm sick untrue. Of it, so I'm going to stump him this time. I hope you're ready, Marcus. So I get to go first, right? Well, I guess you have that right. Okay. So I was a little dodgy when we were talking about Motoy's uh, catchphrases. And now you know why. Because everyone's favorite influencer and fake motivational speaker has said some very interesting and inspiring words. Which of the following is not one of Motoy's catchphrase sayings or memes? Bring it on. I have four of them. When you think your strength will end, that's when the true battle begins. I feel my chest begin to pound and know my heart is making sounds. Never fear a fight. Fight your fear instead. If you want your wet clothes to dry, hang them where water's in short supply. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was cringing for every single one of those. Thank you for finally reading them, though, because I could not think of these earlier. Uh, it's definitely the first one. All Those other three I very clearly remember not being a fan of. So I, I'm going to go with the first one. Uh, what was the first one? Something about strength? When you think your strength will end, that's when the true battle begins. And you are correct, sir. You You nailed it. Oh yeah. Wow, they must have really left an impact on your 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 soul, on your psyche if you instantly like 
cringed when you heard wet clothes to dry. Yeah, cringe is a muscle memory. So, <laughs> all right, Marcus, I bested you. you sure so did. it's time for me to take the throne. So, Marcus, how's your uh, spatial awareness? It ain't great. Well, we'll see how you do. Uh, which of these areas in the game is not connected to Spain Hill? Oh, Jared. Jared. We've got Tower Records, Center Street, Utagawa, and Tipsy Toes Hall. Uh, be honest. Could, if, if you had an unlabeled map, would you be able to write down the names of the areas? I, I may have consulted a map when I, uh, when I made this question. I guess that isn't the name of the game, huh? All right. You want me to read them again? I sure do. Okay. Your options are Tower Records, Center Street, Utagawa, and Tipsy Toes Hall. I'm going to guess Utagawa. You got it right. Oh, that was luck. That was absolutely luck. I knew I knew Tipsy Toes Hall was close, um, and I thought Center Street was close. It was mostly just a guess, though. Well, that's okay. I prepared for every eventuality, so I've got another question for you. What? This I run this show. This is how I decide this how This is as works. unfair as the Shinjuku Reaper's Reaper game. Well, you're not playing for your life this time. Just bragging rights. So. Okay, here's my backup question. <laughs> Tell me Beat's real name. Do it. Beto. You, you got part of it, but I want to hear the whole thing. Daisuke Juno Beto. Wait, wait, wait. What was that first part again? Daisuke Beto. You're so close, Oh, I'm breaking Marcus. up. I'm breaking up. I'm sorry. Daisuke Juno Beto. You, you were very close when you said it. It's Daisuke Nojo ah, Beto. Okay. So okay. We're, we're going to call this week a tie. Okay. But just know that I, I still bested you in some small way. You you definitely did. You you bested me in confidence. Well, this this show has been very fun. Uh, it's time to move on to our final segment, Rabbit Holes. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we can talk about basically whatever we want for a, a minute or two. And you guys can't complain. Yeah, because this is the end of the show, so you can just stop listening if you're not interested. And my rabbit hole is uh, knitting. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't see that one coming. I sure, I, yeah, I really didn't. <laughs> Literally just an hour ago, my wife and I went to uh, stop by a knitting store called Knittin' Pretty, which, uh, that's good, props to them. That's a, that's a good name. If you're going to have a whole shop dedicated to knitting, you might as well make it, you know, catchy. Um, and uh, I was pretty impressed once we walked in. I, I, my wife knits a little bit. I don't know much about the craft but uh as soon as we walked in a woman stood up and like went off for like a minute on what was available she was like okay everything in our store is organized by weight we have stuff for knitting crocheting lacing tatting weaving needlework and spinning <laughs> we have over 200 varieties of yarn and thread including merino and alpaca wools silks boutique microfibers and organic or naturally dyed cottons and uh, even some yarn that were made from recycled saris from india uh, if you go to the back of the store you'll find some different patterns that uh, some of our some of the ladies from our club have made that are available for purchase but we also have some free classes too if you want to go ahead and look at this flyer we were just there to browse but i was like whoa i mean if you're gonna have a sh if you're gonna run a shop on yarn, you better know your stuff. But uh, it was still a bit much um, for me. But that you, at the same time, I kind of love it because and, and you and I have talked about this before, Marcus. 
Any hobby that you really dig into will usually have a lot of lingo and a lot of like specialized knowledge that only people in that circle. Jargon, yeah. Yeah, uh, only people in that circle know, um, which is kind of cool. And uh, um, But there, there was a store, we moved here recently, and there was a store back where we used to live as well. And they have a newsletter they mail out to everyone that has like all their newest stuff and like what classes are available. And uh, they, they write some pretty funny ads as well. And I thought I'd just like read like one of these to kind of get a feel for like how much we don't know about knitting. <laughs> so so the, the article starts off by saying, this week we're going to spotlight wool. And it's kind of like, this this episode's brought to you by the number five, you know, kind of thing. Like this, this is all about, this is wool week. Wool is an amazing fiber, which boasts durability, breathability, versatility, sustainability, and all around comfort. Unfortunately, many people think they're allergic to wool when that is simply not true. Most people feel they're allergic because wool is scratchy. That's not an allergy. That's just scratchy wool. I, I love how like dismissive and patronizing that is. You think you're allergic? You're not allergic. You think wrong. Your experience is invalid. <laughs> this is... Allergies to wool are a myth. That's how they open this article. <laughs> and they do so many classes, and they've got knit flicks, which is where what? they all get together and watch something and knit together. That's actually a preferred way of knitting. I like that. No, that's pre it's pretty that's cool. Fun. It's pretty cool. But, like, I, I I have to admire just how many people really enjoy that. And it, it makes me want to be a part of it, just even though I have no interest in knitting at all. I kind of want to be a part of it just to For just community. to kind of yeah to be just to kind of see what the community's like. But yeah, that's that's the rabbit hole I inadvertently fell down this week. How about you, Marcus? I'll, I'll spotlight lock picking as a hobby, a really fascinating one. You can find it on I guess the subreddit. I think it's just called lock picking. But there's this whole community that's around it using tools, kits to crack locks. Basically, there there are different ways of doing. You can rack a lock, which basically means like pulling the stick in and out really quick there's like taking every individual pin finding it and turning it um and then the the community has like a belt system where depending on which locks you pick you can get like a green belt a black belt eventually oh that's cool yeah you can like get lock cred you know like hey look what i can do kind of thing yeah so there's kind of a progression system almost in the community so is like harry houdini like the top tier award is there like a harry houdini i mean belt? escape artists are kind of kind of a different ball game this is this is like a community that's like hardcore into this lock says it's unpickable i'm gonna see if i can do it in 30 seconds you know like it's right. also interesting to have kind of a community around a skill that is like not illegal but is like on the brink of like you can use this for bad stuff which i guess is true of some other hobbies as well but it's like it's very taboo to you know like no one's gonna like s admit that they're like using it outside of so it's it's weird that's like a game but then it's a skill if like a friend gets for, loses their key for their you know padlock or loses their house key or something like it's useful in those really specific circumstances but otherwise it's kind of just like a puzzle like a dexterity thing yeah that kind of continues what you were saying last week where you're like parkour is really cool but here's a practical application for it lock picking yeah that's a cool fun hobby and you're right there is practical application i guess that that's it. kind of my my favorite types of hobbies are like the ones where you could like justify like and also it's working out my my arms 
or my glutes or you know like oh it's it also is you know practical or good for me or whatever cool so are you gonna get into lock picking uh i i have the next best thing which is a friend who's gotten into lock picking so you know if i ever do have an urge i can just borrow his set he's got a big old set of tools and a whole lot of locks where he may or may not have the keys for them because <laughs> he uses different locks to practice picking cool well i really enjoyed this discussion thanks for joining me You're welcome as always marcus and thank you to our listeners for joining us today for uh, Level With Us. Uh, like I said before, if you have any comments you want read on the show, go ahead and email us at levelwithuspodcast at gmail.com or comment on the YouTube version of the show. Next week, we'll be going over week three and subsequently the end of Neo The World Ends With You. So if you have any thoughts on the game that you'd like us to discuss, go ahead and send them our way. But until then, I'm Jared. I'm Marcus. And we'll level with you next week. Thanks for leveling with us. The funky music cover of Calling You Heard was provided with permission by Legend AV. You can find the full version over on his YouTube channel. You also heard Zigzag by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. All other original music was composed by Marcus. Thanks, Marcus. Do you think that for the really, the really good knitters, they don't just make the yarn by spinning, but they also raise the sheep for the wool? That's the S tier. That's the triple black diamond tier <laughs> of, uh, of knitting. Not many people ever truly master. R.I.P. That's another thing I, I didn't mention in the summary, but he does get erased. Uh, no more motoy. I guess you could say motoy is no more. Still a better, still a better line than motoy's. <laughs> I guess I you could say that. motoy has been a bad boy. No. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say motoy is uh, has no joy. <laughs>